Ron Kaff joining us here in the Freak Nation. 21 years of doing this thing. And a lot of those 21 years, Ron's been in here. Ron's won him a hell of a lot of races and championships in the mix. But let's go back to Pomona and the story coming out of Pomona. 140, 150 ambient, excuse me, 150 track temperature, ambient temperature up to 100 degrees. That outside looking in, that doesn't bode well for men and women in fire suits stuck in the cockpit of a non-air conditioned race car. Did you ever question going down that racetrack when it was that hot? No. Uh, and I saw the problems that Justin Ashley had. In fact, I just read where he he actually talked about him not eating the right thing. And I'm not sure. I'll see him in Topeka and ask him, but about not eating right on Sunday. And that's that plays such a big role into it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do all the right stuff and you gotta expect going to Denver. Usually that's the issue in Denver everybody has. And um you know, I always try to watch what I eat. Don Perdome years ago, believe it or not, uh, Snake made a comment to me that uh, never left my brain. And it was um, a, a hungry lion hunts better with an empty stomach. And that sort of gave me an insight to what he was talking about. But it was eat right and not eat a lot um, of whatever you eat. So I have a big breakfast in the morning at every race. And then I go in between rounds with a, a maybe half of a, a protein bar with low glycemic or, or no glycemic and pace yourself throughout the day. There's races. I remember working with Blaine and Alan Johnson. Blaine would never eat on Sundays. And so I watched him and he was one of the best. So you, you just got to pay attention to your body, but eating the wrong thing and too much during race day is a, a killer. I mean, that will ruin your day in a heartbeat. So um, I was fine. I just, I've been doing this long enough. John Force. When I came in, he was whooping everybody in funny car, and you heard him. He was saying donuts and coffee in the morning. He was not lying. I hung out with him a lot, and that's what he did. And there was a cup of coffee in between rounds, and uh, and he's not the best specimen in the gym. Or maybe now, <laughs> but he wasn't back then. You know what I mean? So when I came in, it was Al Hoffman and Chuck Etchells and John oh. Forrest, and these guys weren't in the gym. I'd see him going to the track in the morning while I was in the gym, but uh, – I watched what they did and it kind of took a little bit from that, but the Don Perdome kind of, you know, taught me years ago how, how to race on Sunday, how to stay hungry per se, I guess, if you take it that way. Well, that being said, Leah Pruitt finally gets a win since uh, I think it's been since 2019, your teammate. And we know Leah very well. We know, we know all the, all you guys very well. And we know you don't want to win by a solo pass. Have you ever won a big time race with a solo pass because that person never showed up or there were, there were issues prior to lighting up the, the funny car or dragster. I mean, it's happened early in the day, but I don't think I've ever had that happen in a final round. Um, that's a great question, Kenny. I, I don't no, I don't think so. Um, and I actually heard smoke went over and, uh, while he got out of the car the first time, I guess he went over and threw up in the stage lanes while we were getting ready to run right in front of them and grabbed ice out of his motor home and brought it back to try and help the kid get uh, Justin Ashley get good enough to get back in the car. Um, no, I don't think I've ever had a buy. You always joke. You're like, the, the, you, people ask you about who do you want to race or who's the opponent you don't want in the lane. And I always say BYE, Mr. Buy is the best opponent because <laughs> you, if, you, if you know you got a buy, it's such a relief. You just go up stage, you try to do your thing, and you go for lane choice for the next round. So I can't even imagine rolling up in a final already know that you've won. So, um, yeah, that's strange. 
Kenny, are you trying to allude that some fans think that that's not a real win? Because she still worked her ass off all day and basically all year to finally check off that win column for 2021 and 2020, to be perfectly honest. So it's still a big win. Are you trying to say that fans don't look at it that way? Kind of like in oval racing, a fuel mileage race? No, I'm not insinuating that at all. I just know the fire that burns in caps and every funny car and top fuel pilot, they want to beat the best. Uh, and and, and necessary and, and a buy in the other lane in your final race. Come on, man. Ron knows it's about the freaking fans, and the fans got a, a, a single. I have had somebody shut off. I, while you guys were talking, I remember Gary Dinsham, I think, shut off in Phoenix one year, and I'm screaming at Ace, my crew chief on the radio, because I didn't know if he got shut off at the line, right? Did his burnout, something happened. If I stage a car, if I go out and cross the center line, normally that's a first or worse, and you're disqualified. Uh, so I wasn't sure if he doesn't even take the tree, I was going to go out and shut the car off to be safe. I, and he said, no, run it through. And I said, are you sure if I don't go out and something happens and cross the center line, then I lose the run. Cause that, you know, you never know with the rule book. So I'll never forget that I'm screaming at Ace who I never scream at, but I'm trying to say, Hey, you sure. And we ended up going low ET in the final round on a single because Gary shut off. But, uh, that was the only time I can remember ever making a single round in a final. You say Ron Caps, I uh, listened to you talk about the um, in eating, having your body right. I can imagine a lot of people, especially guys in that race for four or five hours in NASCAR, they probably laugh. You're only racing for four seconds, but the way you talk, those four seconds can be very tough to get ready for. Well, yeah. It's funny because we we have these extreme surges of adrenaline for each round. So you've got to do that. Hopefully, you do that four times in a day on a sixteen car ladder, right? Um, if you get to the final round, you've you've done this four times. You've got to get up like nothing else, and you've got to be ready because your opponent is trying to make you look bad. They're trying to leave on you. I mean, they're doing everything they can. These teams are battling each other. So you've got to get up and then you've got to relax a little bit, pack your chute, whatever you got to do in between rounds, but you've got to manage that. And it's not easy to manage. Um, I guess like the NASCAR guys, it'd be like having some caution laps. You can collect yourself, your dick trickle, you take a smoke. If you're, uh, you know, whoever, you take some fluids and uh, and relax a little bit on cautions. But for us, you, you don't have that luxury. I mean, you got to go up and you got to be your best. And then you've got to, you've got to find the, the happy place for those highs and those lows because they're extreme. And uh, and that's why we're out of breath when we get out. And I, I think what started me more than anything on making sure I was good, especially the Denver race, but it's really applied to a lot of these tracks we go to in the hot in the summer and the humidity is my early time with the, the prelude to the dream. Uh, back then, a lot of the NASCAR guys, Tony had just won his first championship, I think. And they were taking the uh, Pedialyte before it was available really to go buy in these little packs that are flavored. Now it was straight Pedialyte like you'd get in a hospital. And it tasted like crap. I mean, it was like, it was like, uh, and I hate scotch. It'd be like scotch. It was like, oh, but you, these NASCAR guys back then were pounding this stuff right before they got in the car on these hot tracks and just sweating it out. Right. Um, and that would hydrate you and get you ready. So I was doing that. Thank God they came out with the flavored stuff later on because it was terrible. Um, but without actually having an IV, that was the best thing to do. And I wasn't telling anybody in drag racing I was doing it, but it definitely helped me on these tracks. And there we were at the end of the day on a grueling track where guys are throwing up and they're passing out. And I, I felt okay. What is your go-to now? 
Well, I don't have a sponsor yet, hint, hint, on any uh, <laughs> any drinks, but uh, still Pedialyte. I mean, that's every morning uh, I'll wake up and whatever flavor my wife has shoved in my, my shaving kit, um, that's usually in, in between rounds. Like I said, I've got these protein bars that are very low glycemic, so you don't get the, the sugar highs and lows with it, but you get 20, 22 grams of protein. And depending, and it's funny, between, between rounds, depending on who I race next is whether I'll go a full bar or half a bar. I mean, it's that I'm that meticulous about it. I don't want, you know, I got friends that are USC fighters. You don't, you learn, you don't want too much in your belly or here's what you want. Here's the amount of time that it takes for that protein bar to get in your system, little things like that. So I've taken all this advice from, from people in other uh, sports, I guess, and tried to apply it to being the best funny car driver I can be. And, oh, and okay, I don't want to be, yeah. Yeah. Explain that. Who is worth a half bar? Who is worth a full bar? I guess uh, I need I more it. explanation on it. that. I'm leaving. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> I knew you'd hit me up with that. Yeah. See, that it's fascinating. Well, I don't want to offend anybody, but um, no, you won't. it's just like I raced Bob Bodie, right? First round, the kid, right? Bob Bodie Jr. Going to college at Arizona State, hops in a funny car for his dad on weekends, and this kid ran right next to us first round. I mean, if we made a mistake, he was there and he's been doing everything right in the car, a rookie. And he said he didn't sleep all night because he had to race Ron Capps. And I was like, kid, I still didn't sleep all night, no matter who I race first round, including their car. So it just depends on how the day's going. And I and I like to pay attention, I sure other drivers do, on how people's lights are in eliminations. I don't necessarily go off qualifying. And I always have people, JR and Robert Height and guys, Matt Hagan says it to me all the time. He's like, dude, I watch qualifying lights and you're like bouncing around and all of a sudden race day, you're like killer. Good. I'm glad they're thinking that. Right. So there's different things I do in qualifying, but it depends on how Robert Height, J.R. Todd, Matt Hagen. I mean, you start going down the, the list of the guys that, and girls that are always there, always on the tree. Don't make mistakes very often. Um, and then there's people that may play a little bit of a game you got to be ready for force um sometimes guys roll in a little deep you know what they do so you just you don't want to get too amped but i i know you know listen robert heights probably the guy that um him and jimmy proc are probably the cream of the crop when it, you go across the board especially here um last couple of years so and my my teammate hagan so you just you try to focus on what they've done all day and look and see and um so I don't want to go off any more names. You guys you gotta get people mad at me. I'm amazed. Ron, I, I, I'm truly amazed at how much is going on inside of these four seconds, uh, especially as it relates to nutrition and conditioning, uh, mental awareness. You know, you just don't get in the car and smash it. We've known that a long time. But this conditioning and nutrition, I'm stunned. Well, now that I've given up all my good secrets, stat. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I learned, I've learned being able to go race this other stuff, jumping in a World Outlaws car, uh, racing the Prelude to the Dream, going road racing in uh, mid Ohio, testing with IROC uh, at Talladega in the middle of summer, little things like that. When I get to race with these guys that, you know, that I get to learn from and talk to on a casual basis around other type of racing, you learn these little things. Um, you know, it, it's always been fun for me to, to be around somebody that I really admire what they do in their sport. And 
Alexander Rossi's my teammate there in IndyCar, race Formula One. So I can lean on people like that if I ever have a question about something. And trust me, man, I make notes. And and it really, I've applied a lot of that to uh, to what I do over the years. I'm getting older, but you know what? I still feel 22 and I get up and I race like I'm 22 and I want to whoop these guys' butts. I don't care if it's John Force like last weekend in the semifinals. To me, he's still 22, man. He finds a way to scratch and claw and get it done. So you just got to be on your game for uh, for anything. Are you on your game for your SRX invitation, your SRX Racing Series invitation? We'll see, man. I, you know, that was so exciting to watch. And, you know, there's a lot of scheduling conflicts they got to work through. But but how they did it with different drivers was cool. So, yeah, seeing Smoke now at the track, he's right there in our pit area. Of course, Leah and I share um, the hospitality area with our teams and winning together last weekend. But I've uh, been friends with Smoke for a long time. And uh, Ray Abraham, of course, got to race a prelude with him. So we'll see. Man, it would be an honor to uh, to be invited. And if scheduling conflicts work out and they can work it in next year, whatever they do, it, uh, I can't even imagine. I've just get to talk to all those guys about how those cars are. Paul Tracy, um, big horsepower, not a normal race car that they're used to. It just seemed like, God, it's going to be a blast. Well, Ray Evernham told us a couple of weeks ago that he is very interested in getting an NHRA car together. So in case of scheduling conflicts, you guys could share duties with, let's say, a Doug Kalitta or maybe somebody who's not racing full time. Maybe Who knows? Maybe an Ashley Force would go in there. Who would you likely or who would you want as your teammates in that drag car for the SRX series? He's well, going to fit more car. people here. No, he's not. No, he's not. car. So we're going to have Ray put a couple of packs of parachutes on the back, right? (laughs) That would be awesome. Um, God, I don't know. I've said it time and time again. I mean, there's some very talented people in drag racing. Um, I've ventured out and raced a lot of different stuff. But to me, pound for pound, the best driver uh, is Doug Coletta. Um, Watching him as a kid in the high banks of Winchester in a midget or silver crown car. Uh, he's still the guy. I've gotten to go race different dirt races with him, and he still jumps in as smooth as ever. So, you know, uh, I couldn't couldn't. Jr. Todd's another one I've gone racing with. So there's lots of people. Cruz, him and I did the prelude, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, whoever they pick would be great. And I, I'm gonna love whoever to watch if they pick. Don't pick me and somebody else, but uh, I certainly like I did in the prelude. Anything I go do, I want to make our NHRA fans proud to have a drag racer and do well and try to bring back the car. Unlike a lot of the drivers this year in SRX, bring back the car in somewhat of one piece. So, uh, yeah, nope. Yeah, we'll see. But, Ron, you joined the SRX series. You're headed to your car and you're drinking a freaking Pedia Light. Paul Tracy, Bill Elliott, if Dale Earnhardt was around, <laughs> if, if uh, Connie Coletta was around, they'd go, Ron, you're a wussy. What are you drinking? A freaking baby drink in there before you hop in a race car, you little bastard. I hate to spoil your little analogy, but Dale Earnhardt Sr. drank it. So what? What? I mean, how do you not model after the the greatest in the world? You'd be shocked (laughs) on some of these guys. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories of, yeah. So, yeah, it it doesn't bother me. (laughs) Hey, they want to put Pedialyte on the car. I'll drive a car that says Pedialyte on it. I don't care. Here's Ron Camp's Pedialyte, and he's wearing some diapers. Oh, here is, here's a fake breast for breastfeeding. It makes me run faster. There's times I wish I had a diaper on in the car. Trust me. Seriously. We're getting-
getting more in these four seconds that more and more is packed into that four second run, Ron. I blew a booger out that one of the first preludes because the prelude it was unbelievable. High banks of Eldora, and you're you're doing everything. And here I am around Kyle Bush and Jimmy Johnson, smoke, trying to stay wide open throttle around this high bank fast track. And you're the track goes on, it gets bumpy, and your head's against the thing, you're just you know, way in over my head, right? But I'm hanging in there. And it would hit a bump, and it blew a booger out one time. It was hanging on my lip. So I'm praying for a caution, first of all, because I just need a breath. And second of all, I couldn't reach the booger in between oh. corners. So my dad had flown out with me, and it was funny because I came in right after the race was over. And uh, first thing I said, I go, where's the booger at? Because it had been on my lip and bottom of my nose. And I'm, I'm in between corners. I'm trying to get to it. So, yeah, crazy stuff has happened in the past in race cars. I'm sure you guys could do a whole show with drivers on just the craziness that has happened in a car that you may not – fans may not want to know, uh, but may not know. I'd rather have a booger than poop. So, yeah, booger oh, yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> either one. Uh, we, Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, we had one driver tell us they and it was in a sports car race, and he jumped in the car on a driver change, and splashed into the seat. Oh yeah, that was that. You know, oh, yeah. that was crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that was wild. Yeah, well, there's. Uh, I've thrown up in a helmet when I race go karts. I mean, boom, and just all over the inside of the visor, the helmet, uh, and that's not a pretty sight. What did you have to eat? Did, it, did you recognize you had bacon and eggs or a submarine? I was probably out drinking all night the night before. I was like <laughs> 22 years old, and uh, who knows. No, we probably rolled, in, like we probably rolled in right from the bar and went to this go-kart race, which we <laughs> did at times back then. Um, kids, it's not advised, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but that was a that was a different time. <laughs> That's going to be the new internet challenge. Vomit, <laughs> yeah. vomit in the helmet. No, no ugh, more Tide Pods. Good. It's vomit in the helmet. Hey, I man, learned my mine lesson. was green. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, Ron, here's something you haven't thought about. Ron Capps joining us here in the Freak Nation Lucas Oil Studios. We've talked about this as long as we've been doing this radio show, how not one other driver from another motorsport will come into a top fuel or a funny car and run. Tony Stewart's done that now. He, granted, it was baby steps, and he's, he's, he's run the top fuel car. Ron Caps in a funny car, Tony Stewart in a funny car, Ron Caps in a World of Outlaw car versus Tony Stewart in a quarter midget. Who's more likely to beat the other? You in a World of Outlaw, Tony Stewart in a sprint car, or in a quarter midget, or Tony Stewart in a funny car, Ron Capps in a funny car. Make sense? No, but I kind of see where you're going. Just but, roll um, with me here, goddammit. I am, I am. Trust me, I've been around you enough. Um, <laughs> Tony Stewart is a freak of nature, pure and simple. Uh, I've gotten to be the chili bowl two times I've raced there. I've just, it's unbelievable what he does. And when he went and drove the top fuel car, uh, I talked to the crew chief on the car, the assistant crew chief, all the team members who used to be on my team years ago. And they were blown away by everything he did by just listening a couple of times and paying attention, not one time out of sync or something he forgot or something didn't. And there's a lot going on. You got to remember and to do and not to do. And the car was straight as an arrow, which is also not easy. I did tell him, I said, yeah, that's okay. You're in a dragster, but you got to get in a funny car. That's a totally different animal. So I'm not sure. He says he's claustrophobic, which doesn't make any sense to me. But um, yeah, he's a freak of nature. I, I wouldn't bet on anybody 
even myself racing him and anything else except a funny car. If he was just to hop in one, I'm sure um, he'd give it a run for his money. But um, yeah, I wouldn't bet against Tony. So did you basically just say that funny car drivers are more manly, more powerful, more badass than top fuel rail drivers? Crash. Well, you're coming in so hot this morning. What is wrong with you? God, you're so angry. You want a power bar? Are you angry? I I need a half. I need a half. (laughs) Just a half for this interview. You're only worth a half half a power bar, Ron. No, that's okay. That's okay. I know, right? That's a compliment. Trying to think, which drivers do you compare me to now? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So? What was the question? I'm going to say that's going for it. Who's yeah, exactly. Who's the who's the more badass? Because what you just said sounded like maybe, oh. you know, it's not as hard. It's not as difficult to drive a rail versus a funny car. Well, if you ask the drivers that have done both, the funny car is way more physically demanding, way more difficult to drive than the dragster. And I drove dragsters and I want to go back and drive them again before I retire. So and oh. I've got teammates that are dragster drivers. So. I, I'm not trying to say that. I've said it in the past when I had teammates and I've gotten the old, what, what are you talking about thing? Uh, but anybody that's driven both, there's no question, no denying. And even when I've gone to race an outlaw car, Philly Bowl, midget, whatever it might be, when I get back in that funny car, it reminds me of why it is the most, you know, uh, just most unbelievable race car on the planet to drive. You, I mean, you just can't explain to somebody the amount of stuff that goes on in that short wheelbase, unearthing, just you, you can't explain it to somebody unless they've done it. Um, it is the most volatile thing you'll ever get in race car wise. And that's pretty impressive when, you know, you look at some of the other cars. So, yeah, I'll put the funny car up against anything, even the dragsters. All right, Ron Caps, my journalism gene just got tricked off there. You dropped a headline, maybe. Uh, saying that you want to get back in a dragster before you retire, which implies you might get out of your funny car and retirement is on your horizon. Did you just drop some stuff on the Freak Nation or did you let us lead us down a path? No, I've said it time and time again. Even when Tolbert was my crew chief, we talked about going back to funny car before he retired. Uh, back to dragster, I'm sorry. Um, I started my career in a dragster and I, I, I would love to go race Antron and Steve Torrance and Doug Coletta all these years, Doug and I have been over here and I've never gotten to race against him. So that's always been on my mind. I'd love someday to go back and do that. Not even close to think about retirement. Uh, I feel as good on my game right now as I've ever been, but it's definitely something that I've talked about doing. I would love to go race those guys. I've told time and time again, that Doug Coletta come to funny car. He would be so badass in a funny car. Um, and he would enjoy it. And he's gotten to test. I think he tested Scott Clitter's car a couple of times and really talked about how much he, he loved it. So if he's not going to come over here, I'd love to go over there and race him and, and all those guys. And Steve Torrance is putting a whooping on everybody to be fun to go up and, you know, someday challenge with those teams. Speaking of whooping on everybody, I know you're an F1 fan and there's a whole thing to, to do now between Mercedes and Red Bull. <laughs> Uh, the world the world is right again with Lewis on top of the points. How do you see this thing coming out? Do you think uh, he's in Verstappen's head and uh, he could go on and win an eighth championship? Uh, yeah, after last week and maybe. It's just, God, it's turned into such a soap opera every week. And we already know there's, <laughs> there's always been whining and complaining with those guys. Um, 
but that's the elite man i i yeah i don't know i i really feel like red bull is gonna make a run here i really feel good about these races coming up if uh mentally if he can stay in the game hamilton just uh mentally ha has yeah. been superior over the last few years of course he's had a great car but if you go back and look that car is also great because of what he helped make it and people forget that they think he's just driving this unbelievable race car where well, he had a big a big part of uh, making that car great again. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just looking, it's the best season ever, right? I mean, actually it's not somebody running away with a title. So it's fun to watch these other cars running so well and these other drivers stepping up and, and actually making a run for it. So shot to be good. Uh, back to real quick, before we let you go, why would you not head into a top field car right now? Is it a sponsor thing? Is it a team thing? Do you have unfinished business that you want to do in Funny Car? Great question. Um, a lot of the sponsors nowadays, Napa's never said anything to me. I'm sure if I wanted to go, they would hopefully go. Um, there's better signage, of course, than a Funny Car. But as of right now, I'm just, I'm loving Funny Car. I, I don't want to get out of it. It's, uh, I just say this every year. I, I love jumping in that car. It's just nothing on the planet. Well, hmm. So anyway, yeah, I, I, it's nothing more than just when the time's right and I want to jump back in them. Believe it or not, I think the funny cars are safer than the dragsters and people look at you with three eyeballs sometimes oh. when you say that. But, um, yeah, you're on fire sometimes, but look, I've, I've never been burned bad. Um, but you have those big good years next to you if something happens and we've seen a lot of nasty wrecks and, and uh, I just feel a little more comfortable right now, believe it or not. Unlike that feel altered. I won the March meet. That was probably the most incredible car to drive. Uh, that felt like you're leaning back in a bar stool and you're about to fall over backwards and you kept catching yourself. That gut feeling was every run I made in that thing. So um, we'll see. Ron, are you wearing pants? Shorts. Okay. Still right now? This yeah. second? Yeah. Yeah. I just short. I just, I just know how you like to walk. I'm glad you had, I, almost, I just showered and shaved and I came downstairs <laughs> And I, I was laughing at my wife because I didn't have shorts or underwear on. She goes, you should go down and do that. I was, so I almost did. Then I, That would have been funny if you asked me. I, I would have thought, uh-oh, do you see something I don't see? Is there a mirror? I see your white ass on that reflection. It is Speed Freaks. If I'm going to go camo list, then I might as well do it on this show, right? It's, oh, my gosh. Hello, 2021. Oh, thank goodness. Wait, are, we, we have... are we recording right now? Uh, I better start it. <laughs> oh, You've already given us 15 different teases, so get used to it on Twitter. Seeing all these, I know, right? <laughs> right? There'll be zero he about hates, racing. He hates Hamilton. Oh my God! No, <laughs> John Forrest doesn't deserve 15 championships. <laughs> <laughs> He's only worth uh, a half a bar. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a full bar right there. Trust that's me. a full bar. Has <laughs> Matt Hagen had a roid rage on you yet? <laughs> <laughs> what? Not, I don't. I don't know. Not to my face. Um, we've had some pretty good battles, but I, I no. Right. I, we we haven't had it out like no. Thank God, no. He, he hasn't told you that he takes two bars to race you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a big boy, man. He, he's going to need more more than one bar. Right. That's for sure. Well, Ronnie, go out and win Kansas, will you? You got right. it, man. We'll we'll do this again. With your he pants on. Oh, okay. Or not. Hey. <laughs> Depends on what kind of mood I'm in. 
I'm not. Nope, not going there. Ronald C. Caps. <laughs> Love you, partner. From racquetball to Pedialyte. There you go. Man. Uh, Ronnie, thanks, Broham. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, you guys.